You're listening to a fourth-hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't uh, know. Planes that they're building. And police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. Welcome, everyone, to the last episode, at least for this season, of Strangers on the Ranch. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. <laughs> that was fast. I'm Larry. Awesome. Um, so we're all together again. And obviously, Larry, you're camping, which is awesome. And, you know, we all got things kind of working out. So uh, it, it's what it is. This is, again, this is the last episode of Strangers on the Ranch, which is our Skinwalker show review that we do. And uh, I got to say, it's been interesting talking to Thomas Winterton, what we're expecting in the future, all this other stuff when we had him on. If you guys have missed that episode, by all means, just one to check out. I think it was like three ago. Um, really enlightening. Some background story. And then all of us actually had a chance to do the uh, All the Strange, which was a streaming thing that happened on this Saturday or last Saturday. And they had the Skinwalker panel. And it was even more of a background of sorts of, of what they expected, what they did. And and honestly, I, I tell you what, I t- tickle pink to see it. I know there's going to be season two. I know we didn't waste our time on this. Uh, and you know, we're going to kind of recap where we're at, recap the show. This is not going to be the last show though. There's going to be a bonus episode after this, uh, which we're going to have some intimate stories, uh, from one of our, one of our hosts here that, um, you know, they experienced directly and, you know, I think it's worth its time. So tune into that one as well. But with that, all that being said, you know, I'm going to turn this over to John, unless anybody wants anything to kind of recap or recoup off that, go from there. No, I say let's let's dive in. And uh, once again, sorry for the technical difficulties. I I need to get a different Wi-Fi other than CenturyLink. I th- uh, it's becoming painfully clear. Well, our listeners don't know uh, that. But so, yeah, they don't know that. But I'm just giving they them know a little <laughs> inside. I'm giving them a little inside scoop. Well, so the show starts off there in the command center. It's August 21st, and they're just going over the footage of the previous episode with that we all saw with the cow and the object that they caught at the end of it. And they're just kind of, kind of mulling over all of that. And Eric Bard is showing them kind of, you know, what's going on. Um, and he's going frame by frame. And what I thought was crazy, and it's cool that they can kind of do the calculations, is the two trees that it seems to go from one end to the other is about 75 feet. And within one fifteenth of a second, it went 75 feet. So that means it was moving about a thousand, a thousand feet in a second. And that's about as fast as Travis Taylor says a bullet flies. Which is insane. That's if it was like up to the tree line and not farther back. If it was farther back, then that distance would be greater and it would be going Mm -hmm. even faster. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and reference is kind of a funny thing, you know, it kind of looks like it's right there, but yeah, reference is funny. It can, can be very deceiving at times. 
So everybody seems pretty serious in that meeting. And did you guys notice like Linda Moulton Howe's face? Like at one point, she's just like mouth wide open, like staring at the screen, just like, what the hell? Like, this has got to be the best, like actual data evidence that she's probably ever, that any of us have ever seen, really. Yeah. And I think she said that. Later, she mentions that this is probably the best opportunity to actually get more uh, answers as to what all this phenomenon means, you know? Yeah. What were you going to say, Shane? I did same thing when she was talking about uh, this. They, they perhaps footaged and filmed the best high strangeness out of anything. I mean, everything that's together in its own algorithm, you know, which is just amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Travis Taylor has Eric zoom in on the object, the UAP that they caught, and he notices that there is kind of a glow or an aura or a hate. Linda Moulton Howe described it as a halo kind of surrounding the object. And he has apparently done some analyzing of the Tic Tac UFO. And, you know, he's obviously aware of like the gimbal and all the Navy footage that's been released and re-released by the Pentagon. And he says that when he was looking at those photos or those videos that he was also noticing like an aura around these craft for lack of a better term. And well, uh, I like, he, he goes in. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I really like how they drew that comparison to the Tic Tac and gimbal videos. Yeah. Well, it's crazy when he like kind of shows it, I never even noticed that. I never paid one little attention to that. So I kind of felt stupid. I'm like, God, I don't even know anything. I didn't even notice the aura around it. Like, (laughs) damn you, Travis Taylor, you've got me again. Nobody knows aura. I noticed it because I've always thought that it could be like, like Travis said that it's probably like a temperature differential which makes mm-hmm. sense because the craft would be moving really fast. It would be really hot um, mm-hmm. compared to the air around them. Um, that being said, I also always thought that like, if it's a, you remember when we talked about the patents that that Navy guy came up with, like for the field generated propulsion system and stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah. If it's generating a field around the craft, it's very possible that would excite the air around it also. Mm-hmm. So to me, I was always like, I wonder if that's from the propulsion system. So. And, and yeah, well, and, and that's, that, and that's what it looks like. If, it, if, if they're bending space and time, you know what I mean? There would be a yeah. field around it. Mm-hmm. Chain? No, same thing. Interesting. Just, I mean, uh, you know, that's part of their, their engine warp or their drive or whatever that may be. I mean, if that's how they're going through... I, very legitimate, and I'm with you, John. I I never noticed that on the v- Navy Tic Tac. I just oh, okay, that's a little fuzzy video, no big deal. But when you compare yeah. the two, I, I mean, it's it's prevalent. You can, it's the same thing. It's there. It's just funny. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say it kind of exactly um portrays what Bob Lazar was saying. How they knew that the crafts work. It it kind of created. Um, space in front of itself to move along mm-hmm. and that's kind of exactly what it looks like to me and that's and that's how it's getting its propulsion yep yeah that's interesting yeah and i liked how he called it 
he said that Josh, you kind of mentioned this that the like the air around the object is cold, which means the craft is warm, and then there's ambient air around it. I've never heard of ambient air, but that sounds pretty cool to me. <laughs> I think that's just a, a reference to the air around the craft. Ambient meaning it's at whatever temperature it would normally be at. Yeah, which would be cooler than the craft, especially if it's very high up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and it also seems to legitimize. About... Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It seems to legitimize Bob Lazar's story and kind of go in line with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like there's quite a few things that have happened recently where it's kind of legitimizing his story. Um, love him or hate him. I don't know. I The more and more things progress, I tend to believe Bob Lazar a little more. I'm, I'm on the Bob Lazar train. I am too. I think we all are. You know? Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he actually... Travis Taylor talks about when he first came on and before he ever went to the ranch um, that Brandon showed him that UFO that they had caught as well, just the object over the Mesa. And that also seemed to have the same glow around it. And he's also said that he's seen this in multiple UFO videos that he's seen. So I want everybody out there anytime we see, you know, a potential UFO video and hopefully, you know, it's not a hoax or whatever, but maybe the more legit ones and maybe a better way to discern the hoaxes from legit ones are if there is maybe a slight aura around it, possibly. I don't know. It just kind of made me think of that. Something to look for. I mean, I think that's definitely something that I never really thought about. I, I think that's mm -hmm. legit. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something to keep in mind when you're watching different UFO videos, I would say. Yeah, what? it makes sense. It makes sense given the theory of how it's kind of bending, bending space and time that that would, you know, you'd have a visible field around. Uh, also, that could explain like the crazy EM radiation spike in everything on all frequencies on all bands. Like, if it's generating some kind of wild field, maybe that's what's pushing everything through the roof. You know, it's making everything yeah. wild. Yeah, 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 and. Uh, Travis also says like, oh, well, you know, he doesn't think, and I don't think anybody in the room thinks that it could be classified either. Like if this is a classified project, we are leaps and bounds beyond the technology that we have. And I know we have stuff out there that we have no idea about for sure. For sure. There's, you know, secret government technology out there, but he, this, he's like, this is, this would be pretty hard to swallow if we had these kind of capabilities right now. Yeah. And I, be I believe him because I mean, that would have to be extremely secret and it's hard to keep stuff that secret. And with that, I mean, we're wasting our time with SpaceX. If we have that type of technology somewhere floating around, like totally. what exactly, you know, well, it's, what? it's so much further advanced. It's not just a little more advanced. It's like, a million times more advanced. Oh yeah, it's light years, light years. I mean, there's nothing, you know, if we actually have something like that, it, it kind of makes you look at that underlying envelope of things. And, you know, again, you know, the theory that this is actually us doing this, or this is our technology that's doing this. 
I, I just get, you know, how do you can compare the two? It's just, I don't know. It's crazy. It's, Absolutely it's crazy. just highly unlikely. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really doubt it. And I liked how they hypothesized that they possibly could have interrupted that cattle mutilation by their quick actions going over there. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of had all the telltale signs, like the herd was leaving, getting far away and kind of towards the end of the episode um, or no, actually in that meeting, Linda's like, yeah, that's a huge characteristic of yeah. animal mutilations. Yeah. And just to recap a little bit too, just to not beat a dead horse. I mean, again, a lot of this show was, um, was recaps, you know, so we recapped a lot of that, but I, I think this initial finding that they were talking about is important. And for those of you listening to strange uncles, uh, the regular shows, you know, we talk about DARPA, we talk about these other research facilities, these research programs that yes, they're ahead of the game, but they're ahead of the game by say 10 years, 20 years on technology, what that looks like. This doesn't even compare where it would be to where it is on, on the outline field. And John, I'm sure you're going to get into it a little bit, but the, the cattle mutilation and the cow being left, I, 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 it, that's what kind of made me step back a little bit when they discussed that. I, you know, mm-hmm. well, yeah. And Taylor says that they have to prove that the cattle move because of this object in the sky. But is it a coincidence that exactly at the same time, a dying cow is trying to get up exactly once that object appears and all their reading on their instruments are going bonkers and everything. Like, is that a coincidence? Pretty big I, coincidence. It seems I, like, one is affecting the other. I think that the herd might have sensed something was going on and moved off because they got as far away from where they were as they could. And it might have been as mm-hmm. simple as they knew that that cow was sick. Um, and that's why it got left behind. But also it might have gotten left behind because they were scared and they moved off and it couldn't get up. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, Absolutely. Like, I mean, do sure. herds just like completely abandon a sick cow like to a place they've never been before? They, uh, they do. I mean, maybe they might shun it or something, huh? They do. So if, growing, growing up in Montana, it's the same thing to a certain point, you know. Especially if you know something has, you'll notice them. You know, if they have a disease or something, um, they will kind of not really be part of that because it it's it goes back to the old analogy. You know, you're stronger with a strong herd animals instinct mm. like that and and that's similar you know when you talk about whether it's cows or anything else if you have somebody weak in the litter no matter what it is that weakens the entire herd because they still have that animal attack instinct of what's going to yeah. attack them what's not it's the same thing for cows you know even though they're domesticated so, yeah well, well so they were avoiding the sick cow or mm-hmm. or possibly the energy from the ufo but. well yeah and it makes me think that the ufo whatever is possible was possibly targeting that specific cow, you know, because everybody else is fine and everybody could sense that this cow was like, no, oh, there's no, nah, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, yeah. that, ain't, that ain't right. Well, and Linda um, said I've, that that's commonplace with mutilations that the herd moves off and leaves one behind. Yeah. So um, I'd like to see if, if it's commonplace that the one that got left behind was maybe sick, you know? Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, well, and somebody said it's like when weird things happen on the ranch, they can almost always link it to the sky, which is 
Yeah. Which is awesome. Whatever that may mean. Um, and they kind of get to it later on in the episode, but we skip to, so that scene kind of ends commercial break and we join the team one month later. I think it's September 23rd. Um, and they're in Salt Lake city at Brandon's office in the tall office building. And did you guys, were you guys surprised that it actually showed the building downtown? Thank yeah. you. No, I was going to say, I was trying to figure out which one it was, but I couldn't quite tell. I know which one it is. And they showed it in the first episode. So yeah. I wasn't surprised. Yeah. I, surprised uh, I got, episode, though. yeah, I kind of forgot they showed it in the first episode, but I was just like, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. Like what's the big deal, but yeah, it's still cool. I don't know. I just thought, yeah. I mean, it struck um, me a little bit. Yeah. So, what was that? It struck me the same. It's like, I was like, oh, hmm, okay. All right. We'll let that one go. I, I don't know. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like, you know, some kook out there being like, now I know where he, <laughs> That's what his I place of business. Like, you know, like yeah. Salt Lake isn't that big. Like there's only one building that looks like that. And by kooks, you mean all five of us staying outside yes, the building yes. later on, just looking <laughs> up like, oh God, Brandon's up there. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know now well, I think they were, I read what I think they were trying to show like trying to show how he's this big business mogul and like mm. come come to my office and we'll discuss you know what I mean yeah that actually that makes a lot of sense like kind of showing you how rich Brandon is if they didn't uh, project that in the first episode <laughs> with helicopters and Lamborghinis. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, circle back around. They're really like, hey, if you forgot how rich this dude is, he actually owns this entire building. He's fucking rich. Yep. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this, I think this is where things get really interesting. So the team's reunited after some time apart. And all of a sudden, Brandon brings in the attorney general of Utah. Like, I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. What purpose does this serve? I'm and it made me wonder if he was just like a UFO nut that Brandon knows and like another like super successful professional person that is also like, hey, what about that weird shit? Because like <laughs> nothing they're doing has anything to do with the attorney general. Thank you. At all. I, I even I was trying to think in my mind, okay, what does attorney general do? Well, sure shit, it he doesn't do that. I, I just don't, I didn't, I didn't put that together. I just don't get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think wait to the last episode. I, don't I know. suppose so. And I mean, I mean, he was like, yeah, the, the people of Utah would really like to know about this or whatever. Like if it has effects on people, but like, who are they going to sue yeah. fucking UFO in the yeah. sky? Like this is attorney general. Being? This is also the, the department lead of the department of licensing. Um, this is like just random fucking people in the Utah government for no apparent reason. This is the president of uh, UTA, <laughs> the public transit system. This man owns Smith, all of them. So we're going to bring them in. All of them. Yeah. This is Ray Smith. He he loves the, he loves the work. Just want to keep him included. But, uh, oh, if anybody is wondering who the Utah uh, attorney general is, his name is Sean Reyes, which was news to me. So... Sorry that I'm I think I saw, I think I saw that him around at some previous election or something. I don't know. On some stupid sign or something. Uh, and, uh, Brandon said he's been keeping him up to date on the goings on 
at the ranch, which again, again, why does the Utah attorney, like, who is he going to sue? Who is he going to probably take to just court? his buddy. It's, it's probably just his buddy that's way into this stuff or something. That's what it seems like. Maybe. I mean, I feel like they, I feel like they all like try and somehow have a purpose on there. Like, Tom Winterton's here for this. Jim Morris is here for this. Eric Bart is here for this. Jim, you know, like on and on. Um, I mean, it just seems like Utah for some reason is very interested in what is uh, going on. But Al, what do you think? Maybe Thoughts? it's just the most like legitimate person that they could get to come on History Channel and fucking talk about <laughs> UFOs with them. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a pretty legit dude to get on your show. Like the Attorney General of Utah. Like he's just way into Bigfoot and UFOs, dude. Suck his dick. That's tight. I'll, I'm gonna reelect him. I will vote. I'll be voting for him. Junior. Me too. I don't care about his policies. The fact yeah. that he's into this stuff is all I need. Hey, yeah, you like absolutely. unicorns? You know unicorns? Okay, I'm four. So season two yep. will be what Hubert? They're gonna bring him in and have him fucking part of it. I would just yeah, it just amazes <laughs> me these random people for no fucking. Uh... Yeah. Um... Yeah. Oh, and I think he was saying that he thinks these are important matters for the state and to be open about the science and what is happening. So, I mean, I guess that's a very good political way to make yourself be need to be on the show. But uh, uh, yeah, the the information was coming at a fast rate. I feel like as they were talking about what they've collected on the ranch, but Segura was talking about like they were getting gamma and microwaves. And I feel like they're bringing this dude up to date as well as Brandon. And they're talking about the mysterious cattle death to him. And then this is what the kicker was for me that blew my mind is Tom Winterton had just been on the property a week ago. He said, as of September 23rd, 2019, and he had moved the cow kind of to the outskirts just so the, you know, the scavengers, buzzards could pick at it. And he says it had not been touched by a single scavenger for an entire month. Is that something else? Uh, yeah, that's wild. Uh, what? Yeah. Now that there's, doesn't, yeah, no. that doesn't happen. No, it does. It's in fact out there. I mean, food is scarce anyway when you're a coyote or whatever kind of animal you want to be. And what also was surprising to me is um, they mentioned about if a cattle or any kind of a livestock is struck by lightning, usually mm. the herds leave them alone, too, at the same time. So you put yeah. that together and you're kind of like, all right, yeah. that's weird. Yeah, Taylor said that he had a student that worked on a cattle ranch in Alabama, and he said that when a cow is struck by lightning, the scavengers don't pick at it either. Mm. And that makes sense to me because it's all EM radiation, right? Yeah, like, yeah. There's all that extra energy around it still, apparently. Yeah, meat's Crazy. gone bad. <laughs> Don't eat the meat. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. That was interesting. It done spoiled. Yeah, but I mean that just goes to show you that that thing was just riddled with radiation of some sort, some, sort. some degree, some some type of. Yeah, crazy thing. And, and that's the thing. And if we don't, at this point, after watching the season and looking at the other radiation issues they had, which I'm sure you're going to go into, this is a thing. Like this is a running between the radiation, between the frequencies. This just coincides right along with all of that, which which really ties it all up in my in my opinion. You know, and it just adds to it. So, 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and then, so like I said, like this is like a huge kind of recapping story. Like they're all kind of getting together, talking about their summer long science experiment that they had on there. So they talk about when they were doing the rocket tests mm -hmm. and the cows were almost like stampeding. And that's when they first caught the UFO on film, their first UFO on film. And it seemed like something was affecting and scaring the cows then, but that's even before a mutilation. Yeah. Right, right. So that made me think, was there a UFO there scouting the cows? I guess, I guess you don't really need a scout if you can, you're an interdimensional thing. Um, but what I, I think, uh, I think that might've been the stressor that eventually led to the cow getting the stress induced pneumonia. Like, I don't mm. think that happened like overnight. Mm -hmm. Like I think something, probably that or another of the events that happened in the weeks leading up to the cow dying are what caused that disease. Cause like, even when it's severe, it doesn't kill you in a matter of minutes. Agreed. I mean? mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I think it was a buildup yeah. of some sort. I think it would have had to been. And I think even before what they had filmed, you know, during this expedition, who knows what was prior to that? Who knows what was, you know, because these cattle were on the on the ranch beforehand, too. And mm -hmm. you, you think about that buildup. I mean, that's something that I, it, I think legitimately they have always felt there's something weird out there. And just as luck may have it, we've got it on film. You know, are they were they able to do that? Well, so there's also, you know, the the fact that animals seem to sense this stuff more than we do. So it could have been, you know. The fact that it was stress in, stress induced, uh, you know, it could have been from way previous, and then that pneumonia developed yeah. over time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Linda was saying, she was like, "This isn't a mutilation, but there are factors that coincide with every every cow mutilation that I've ever investigated." Yeah. Well, I mean, that yep. goes to the, their theory that they might have messed up a cattle mutilation sure you know or got interrupted of, well yeah they interrupted a cattle mutilation like yeah, it was they, happening it was beginning and they it took the first the first step was taken and it got interrupted that's mm -hmm. wild i wonder if that's ever happened before i doubt it not not in being I mean, who, who am i but yeah definitely i mean definitely not yeah not in this filmed. regard for sure you're yeah. john finnegan but whatever um but you're John Finnegan, but whatever. I just want to make sure you know who you are, because that's something. Oh, I'm slowly forgetting, actually. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> oh. um, so one of their major concerns that they're expressing also the next time they go is just the effects that it's having on the humans there, like the researchers that are going there. And Taylor said that he had to have surgery because of his radiation wounds. Dude, his finger looked like a fucking uh, brown recluse bite. And even Reyes was like, ooh, that's gross, or that's sick, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was so, so unprofessional with that. He was like, oh, oh that's, that's nasty, gross, man. man. Oh, yeah, I think it was, though. That's nasty. I didn't realize he had that crazy of an injury. Uh-huh, yeah, he said that. Um, God, it looks so painful, too, but he said he had an x-ray. It showed two bone spurs in his finger, and the doctor said they needed to remove them, and they ended up removing a cyst the size of an M&M and put around 18 stitches in a finger. That's crazy. And I have, I've got five stitches in my finger once. Like, 
That's like your 18 whole stitches is a yeah. lot, man. Five's enough, man. 18's it's, a fucking shitload. Yeah, that's pretty significant. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, and I think once they continue investigations, I mean, we'll get into it a little later, but they are going to be setting up some protocols for medical attention and some being a lot more careful. I think they kind of went in there, especially uh, Travis Taylor. Like I, I think he went in there a full blown skeptic, not trying to be careful with anything. And now he's getting radiation burns and surgery. Yeah. And now they're all very concerned with safety, which makes sense. You know, they're going to put more protocols in place to make sure everyone's safe because that's crazy, dude. I didn't realize that all the physical injury from the radiation and everything else could happen, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Dragon points out that you just, you don't receive regular injuries that correlate to working on a ranch. (laughs) Right. Which he's right about. That's. I mean, yeah. yeah, you don't you don't get broken bones, you get radiation poisoning somehow. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yep. crazy. Uh and then yeah, Jim Sakala starts talking about Tom Winterton's injury, and he says they're consistent with a radiation beam that entered his body from a specific angle behind his head. Which gives you a little bit more insight of what happened like uh, on the time of his injury, you know what I mean? And even Winterton yeah hinted at it but didn't tell us anything you know and i don't know if he ever will i i think it really shook him i think it really set him aback with what happened i mean and and i'm not you know trying to toot a horn because we had thomas winter it on I, I think that was great but you know he really just seems to come across like a down-to-earth person you know he's been up there he he's you know he's had certain he's had various companies he's got a motel he just is just a local that's trying to live a life and he kind of got put into this ranch aspect of it. And uh, what he sees and what he experiences, I, I really, after interviewing him, I, I believe they're absolutely legit. I mean, I don't see a reason called doubt to that. And, um, and it kind of makes my heart hurt because I really think it hurt him and hurt his family. I think there's some repercussions around it. And, uh, yeah, you know, my heart goes out for the guy, absolutely. And, and he's, it's obviously affected him. And, and when, we, when we talk to him, it, you know, it makes you feel more empathy. Like once you start to sort of get to know someone, he seems like a really down to earth guy. And I'm like, mm-hmm. shit, you know, you're, you're getting fucked up by this ranch, but you're still pressing on. And that's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. yeah but he also is kind of like, I know he's very cautious about his injury because digging comes up and I feel like I'm skipping ahead, but I don't care because this is just where the conversation's taking us is digging comes up and, you know, we're we're full circle back to you know should they dig is you know dragon showing concern for this and you know making sure tom and he's and you know tom's like yeah i know everybody's concerned about me i'm concerned about myself but it's not proven that my injury was because we dug it just kind of happened to coincide and he's like Yeah. yeah, I'll just wear a tinfoil construction hat. You know? <laughs> which was pretty good. That, got- that brought a good laugh to everyone, which is good. Yeah, they they all got a kick out of that, which I think is um which which I like. So I mean, yeah, I think he's eager to dig and to continue the experiments. And I'm sure he'll definitely everyone's gonna use 
a lot more caution on season two for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of that, again, you know, a lot of this, the show's recap, but um, mm. I think when you talk about the safety in the background and what they are, it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how much of that is set up and how much that protocol is really in place. Uh, Cause yeah, you're right. I, I think a lot of them kind of took a crash course and shit that they didn't really think would be a thing. Turned out to be a thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, even when Tom, injury occurred he said he didn't believe all the bullshit about digging and stuff so he just went around doing whatever he wanted you know yeah absolutely yeah crazy yep is all this uh sorry sorry john no go ahead no you go ahead all this uh like radiation talk does it concern you guys at all that it would affect us at any point when we are up there researching I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> or just the ranch. Like, it Not can't just be just contained to the ranch. Like, I feel like it does what it wants. It's It oh, seems it, to be concentrated does. there, but, I mean, there's definitely a potential for it, right? They're saying that, mm-hmm. you know, the whole basin is a, kind of a dish to yeah. pinpoint this <laughs> yeah, energy, you know? Well, and I, and I think, John, I know yeah, you're going to exactly. cover it, but I, I think that's what we're going to go into because when they continued the episode, one of the really cool things was the graphics and the layout, which you, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about soon. I think that kind of answers the question. There's not there's fences don't, ah, this is a fence and nothing past this fence can, but I think there's kind of an epicenter and a suede out to that epicenter, and, and that was kind of shown a little bit, and I think that's something that we can go by. You know, when we're up there – or when you look at other things in that surrounding area, I think that's something he said about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole thing, when, when he makes that model and you see, it really does look like a satellite dish on somebody's roof. Um, Jim Sakala actually said that, you know, he thinks since all the team was on there and everybody was focusing their energy there and doing experiments that have never been performed on the ranch, it's actually causing the phenomenon, whatever that is, to show itself more. And he's also wondering if the phenomenon might be trying to tell them something or lead them to something. They're somehow and communicating take, with it with these yeah, experiments. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where this conversation gets cool with me. Like, Taylor wonders if the team was actually communicating with the objects in the sky during their rockets test. Cause like they were saying hi and the object was, you know, kind of saying hi back. And it's like, or, Hey, we see you, which, uh, you know, there may be some communication taking place as well. I feel like um, we communicated with them last summer with my laser. Yeah. Beam. Well, Al, do you think with you, you remember when you woke up and your face was all gnarly? Like, do you think that I, was some type of radiation or, I mean, I you didn't really have any burns, did you? No, no burns, but I just, I can't help but think that that was a direct correlation. I don't know. I don't know. And it, we're camping and bugs can bite, but it was the eye that I was looking through the monocle in. I don't know what my lip has to do with anything, but my eye was fucking damn near swollen shut. And it, that's, that has never happened to me camping in my life. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's wild. That's like honestly, a- I thought of that, you know, when they were discussing the injuries, I thought of what happened to Al and I was like, you know, I wonder if that's some kind of, you know, the frequency or radiation or 
crazy. We, we, we need to get some more, more alien gear to figure out how much, you know, what's going on there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be that you were looking at the, you know, quote unquote UFO through the monocler with that eye and just like looking at it through there was like just giving you some t- I mean, sucking it straight you know, into my eye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've Jesus, proven dude. that there's gamma radiation, there's microwaves, there's like every type of RF mm-hmm. frequency around there and there are no borders in that area. Yeah. The whole thing is an entire satellite projecting. Well, they're thinking they're getting something from the sky projecting down and then that bounces back up. Yep. Which, I mean, maybe you caught a little piece of that. I mean, there's nothing really to explain that. Exactly. I mean, I, we should have just immediately went to a doctor paid for you to get tests and like, dude, I don't know why we didn't take pictures. We didn't film all we, all I did was put ice on it and fucking smoke a cigarette. (laughs) Yeah. And meanwhile, (laughs) we're all standing around you going, damn, and didn't do anything about it. Yeah. Just like, damn, who fucking beat you up, Al? It's like, I don't don't you hear that a lot though. When people have encounters, their first thought or like even sleep paralysis and stuff, it's like, well, I'm just going to go to bed. Like I've heard that so many times. And then later they're like, wait, why didn't I try to document this? You know? And we should have, but I mean, I didn't think of any direct correlation at the time, but when we did the ghost box session later, it made a lot of sense. Yeah. Still crazy. Ah. Yeah. Well, now we know, right? So this year, let's little be a little bit more precautious, I guess, as they say in the show. I think it behooves us the same way if we end up going up there and researching that. Because, you know, we really – nobody knows what this is, what we're dealing with, and everybody has an hypothesis. But I really think just being safe and, and being overcautious, it really is not a bad idea, right? And, and no. you know, yeah. we, we should it's, take – It's I, not going to hurt. I, no, mm-hmm. I've actually I got I got a little bit of disclosure. I never really understood like RF meters. I'm like uh, I don't know what is this saying. Like if something like you know what? Okay, cool. I'm reading something. Like what does that mean? After watching the show, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I I get the importance of this. Like right. I just yeah, never we're, just, we're... like realized like the coolness of that tool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we just so. got those because we were like, cool, it's reading something. What does that mean? But it, it makes <laughs> yeah, more sense. I remember. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, look, and it's bleeping green. We definitely oh, look, need those out green. there, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Anytime we'd get some, like, but we have no idea what that even means. But, you know, uh, Secrets of Skinwalker Ranches. Todd, an old dog, a new trick. Thank you for yeah. the education. We're, we're learning. Yeah. Yeah, so. we're learning. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, uh, going kind of into this whole fishbowl thing, the whole satellite, Eric Bard has made a model um, kind of of the Uinta Basin. And he says it looks, the Uinta Basin looks, how we mentioned, it looks like a radio antenna because it's shaped parabolically. And if that is the case, whatever signals they are receiving are bouncing off of it and being focused somewhere, just like a dish focuses the energy. And I mean, we've kind of been uh, commenting on that a little bit and they're fleshing out a hypothesis with data and measurements that are suggestive to what Travis describes as relevant to what's going on. And, And to visualize that program, Eric built a model 
And this model comes from the US Geological Survey and the team pulls up the model on the monitor and the officers so the whole class can participate in the goings on. And once you see, I mean, we've been talking about it, but once you see kind of that model of the Uinta Basin, you can see like how it's exactly like that. Yeah, and, um, and I don't know if this is to clarify because it, for those of you who may not watch the episode or, you know, Skinwalker, you're, you're curious. Um, really, if you layman terms, when you look at that basin and you look at that train, it literally looked like a moon chair with no legs. Like that's how it was shaped. It had its high back. And, and when he talked mm-hmm. about, uh, what was it, on the third, fourth episode, he talked about, look, it's possible that a meteor hit this, made this basin, caused things underground to happen with the geoforce. That model that, that he pulled up really matched that identically. I, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and the property kind of lies dead smack in the center of that model. And yeah. of that basin, exactly. which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and and where and, and, and they mentioned where they lost the balloon is right mm-hmm. in the middle of that. You know. Right. Yeah. So so Eric he constructed a sixty thousand kilometer mirror and then producing a line of radiation coming down from above, and they're going to be looking at how those rays interact with the surface. And then yeah, you get that they got that line right here. And then those rays coming down with that center energy that they've done in those experiments, finding there's a main center point. And there were yeah. huge radiation spikes going up the center of it, which that is way striking. over my head. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is way over my head because I just barely figured out how important an RF meter is that I just admitted to you know the 200 people listening. <laughs> well so josh too when you talk about that you i'm absolutely with you it was striking it was one of those when they laid that out and saw that model dimension it it, it just i don't know it painted a picture that that i didn't think would be painted as well as it was yeah. i'm actually well, trying well, to it, find it on the internet right now oh okay yeah. It, yeah. well and it kind of you know and everything these guys are doing it it scientifically backs up their original theory almost you know mm-hmm Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, they want to see how those rays interact with the surface and they're looking at parallel rays of energy coming down from above, primarily from long wavelengths, not necessary light waves. Yeah. So I guess you can't really see that. And Taylor says there's a significant focus and they're being brought to a point. Like we said, that middle, that middle thing, like they're all kind of being brought. So what the hell is in the middle? Um, but he also says that the Uinta Basin could not only be acting like a dish, but more of a lens coming from somewhere inside of the earth, yeah, possibly from, deep from inside. Below. Yeah. Well, that goes back in the meteor hypothesis that something is in the ground and something mm-hmm. planet it's making, and it's literally causing a, a centrifuge of a point to come out in a match in the sky. I mean that, you know, again, hypothesis, yeah. but still interesting. That that would coincide with this phenomenon g- going on from like before the 1800s. You know what I mean? Like that would constitute, or that would make sense in my mind why the phenomenon has always been there, and it's you know. Yeah, and I'll, I'll take it one step further, and this is a wild speculation, like we usually do on this show. Um, when you talk about the Indian culture and the Indian legends back at that time, 
you know, obviously instincts were a little bit more in tune. And if for some reason they didn't feel right, you know, d- just despite the skinwalker thing altogether, if if they were natural, their bodies didn't feel right. They felt weird when they're in this area because of something that happened thousands and thousands of years prior, say a meteor. Would that add to that? Hey, we stay away from this land. We stay away from this area. I think so. You know. Yeah, well, and, and Linda Moulton Howe uh, mentions that uh, she, th- you know, as far as the concentration of energy up above the ranch, um, she thinks they're dealing with portals of some kind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, yeah. if, if those generate, you know, that kind of energy, it would make sense in that model they showed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I didn't know that they just lost that weather balloon altogether and never found it. Yeah. I never came. And back. he's, yeah. Yeah. Even with, even with all, like the, even with all the GPS and, uh, instrumentation on there and everything, they never found that. So is that weird? Maybe, but also once it hit that little in the image, you'll have to look up the image. Whoever's listening to this that hasn't seen the show yet but there's a straight line and he thinks once the weather balloon got that high, the energy was so powerful that it just wrecked everything. That was it. Yeah. Which yeah. is extremely probable. So, it After I their mean, experiments on how it could. Yeah. I mean, very much so. I, I'm sorry. You know, just, just weird. High electromagnetic you know? frequencies and RF frequencies will suck the power out of everything. So it could have just fried the GPS. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah yeah well and i mean we've been it's been all season how batteries lose charge phones freak out you know like high-tech equipment isn't working and the operator's like uh this was charged this morning i don't you know it's it's like a three hundred thousand dollar piece of gear that they're using like state-of-the-art stuff so and it's the same thing with other I things. Mean, like if you look at like ghosts and paranormal, they, they're known to do the same thing. So, you know, whatever this is, and again, we talked about this a little bit, you know, previously in our main show and what we're doing here in this forum that, you know, does it, are these things tied together? Is this something energy that's tied in its own way, but it's just shown its different perspective. It's the same thing. You know, it's when you're mm-hmm. ghost hunting, you have a paranormal activity, you know, batteries don't last, electronics don't work. Uh, you know, people claim they see UFOs or car shuts down, radios. It, it just follows that whole path. And it just seems like that's a very legitimate way to look at that entire phenomena and just say, okay, this is what happens, period. And this is how they draw what's going on. It's it, well, and, you know, the idea that, you know, there's some UFO people, some people, some ghost people. Like, this is even more evidence that they're all connected in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe this is where, you know, the investigation really starts is investigating why we're getting all of these readings and where they're coming from. But who knows if that's even possible. (laughs) But um, so they their conversations are continuing. They're talking about everything. And then Taylor drops a bomb that he's been approached by members of the intelligence community. Yeah. Which... Um, yeah. and says, you know, the, the team is being watched and monitored. Obviously, maybe that helicopter in the uh, episode before is proof of that. Which is very interesting. And 
he th- I, I my note says Taylor's suspicions is that the intelligence community possibly on their time on the ranch with Bigelow has come up with similar results and they want to compare notes. And I think I tied in the Bigelow thing, but like the intelligence community that happened to be doing research on the ranch back in the day and is still involved in intelligence is kind of like, what are these guys doing? We need to check that out. And I kind of hate it oh, because, yeah. because if they start working with them, Jim Segal even said it, well, they want to point us in a, in direction, a direction of experiments. And it's like, no, avoid their direction. Like focus on your own because once the government gets involved, once that shit gets involved, you're going to be pointed in a direction. It's muddied up. They're already in the perfect direction. Obviously they're getting all sorts yeah. of stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're pissed off that they're showing as much as they are of the ranch. Cause the ranch has been so fucking secret. And now they're just like, boom. So here it is. Yeah. Here's a question real quick for, for you guys. What do you think Bigelow's doing right now? Like when you when he do you think he's watching the season? Do you think he's watching what they're experimenting with? What do you think his viewpoints on this is? Of course, in his seat. Of course, he's watching, but he's he's quarantining on his yacht. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's watching, but I I don't know. He's definitely got to be paying attention to the experiments because I mean he's fascinated with this property and that's the only reason he got it is because he's a billionaire and can get whatever he wants. Absolutely. So he's got to yeah. be paying attention to some regard. I have a hard time just picturing Bob Bigelow in my mind, like sitting down on his couch, like streaming history channel. But I mean, I guess he puts his <laughs> pants on one leg at a time, like everybody else. He's got yeah. one of those remotes. that actually still has the cord attached to the TV and he's just kind of, you know, doing his thing. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what that looks like. I just wondering on the backside because, you know, obviously he spent millions and he partnered with the government and he partnered with people that, you know, $18 million for the ATIP. I mean, all this is in his history. There's got to be some things that he's watching on his side, mm-hmm. you know? So, and Whoa. everything that he did partnering with the government is fucking classified and we'll never see it. Exactly. So that's why I hope like comparing notes is one thing, but I hope they don't partner with the government. Well, and that's where Bigelow went wrong is comparing or partnering with the government and getting funding from the government taking, you don't need funding when you're a billionaire, especially on this kind of project. So that's, you know, if he was privately operating Skinwalker and doing, you know, running a scientific team like NIDS, if he wants to keep their findings secret, so be it. But he's not keeping it secret, I don't think, because he wants to. It's because well, he's he's, he's reliant on funds from the government. Therefore, that's going to create an automatic bias. Yeah. So, um, it. I'm very. I'll be super bummed if they start working with members in the intelligence community. Like, really, 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 really bummed because we showed. Like we said before, it showed him in a high-rise, you know, building in Salt Lake. Brandon Fugel doesn't need money. Yeah. Nope. So don't take it. Yeah. Well, and um, like even just comparing notes is a little bit risky because once the government sees something they want or they think is like has 
national security implications, then they just basically Take claim it. imminent domain and imminent domain. Shit's yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah and I, and that's I, ours now. Yeah, and I think this is a good conversation, maybe for a wrap up on the episode that we'll have with uh, our personal story. We have, I don't know. It's just it's curiosity on 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 our part. I think all of us, you know, are, are wondering what this looks like, what this doesn't. But um, I I don't know where we. So we did that. There was another thing that they talked about towards the end. I think John, right? Like one last thing they're they're talking about satellite. Um, well, they, so it's kind of like the, all the strange, they asked that panel, like what, what kind of experiments would you like to do on season two? And one of the things Brandon says that the fact that they're being monitored by some form of government speaks to the validity of their investigation. So if anybody out there's like, Oh, this is a bullshit history channel show. You're fucking stupid for watching it or whatever. Like, no, this is a legit, like scientific show experiment, you know, study. But um, so they kind of go and they're talking about what they want to do in season two, because there will be a season two. I'm pretty sure this is one of the highest rated shows yeah. in history channel history. So even a even a three, I would I would guess COVID willing. Oh. Yeah. So Eric is interested in increasing the team's instrumentation bandwidth. He says their virtual presence on the property uh, needs to be increased because they can't be on the ranch 24 hours a day but they always need to be collecting data. So that's kind of, that's his thing that he wants to do is just constant 24 hour a day monitoring Taylor, which this I think is pretty awesome. He wants to create a small satellite, which he says that if they have a university, maybe the university of Utah come and blast it off, they'll do it for free, practically free. He said, and that they can put a small satellite in orbit that continually goes over the ranch and monitors the ranch that way. And I'm sure Brandon Fugel can make that happen. Yep. I think well, and it sounded like he was, you know, kind of asking him like at this point, guys, it's legitimate. I'm willing to drop more money on this. How much further can we yeah. go? You know, he was getting his wallet out for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and that's what Tom, I think said, I'm pretty sure in the interview with us is, you know, he wants to see, you know, if there's any reason to open his wallet. And the more and more he's on the ranch, then, you know, here comes another camera because he sees the validity in it. And here comes another thing. Here comes another thing. Like, so now with all of this, like, I think the wallet's open. Yeah, like, they've, they've, they've proven enough to where he's like, okay. It, it mm-hmm. you know, crazy stuff keeps happening. Unexplainable stuff keeps happening. Let's, let's open it up, you know? Yeah. And I mean, they've caught some historical data, I think. Um, yeah. And Travis Taylor, he also wants to stimulate the phenomenon and see if they can re- reproduce the sightings essentially, because I kind of thought like, you know, basically in science to prove something, you have to do it multiple times. It has to be a repeatable experiment. So if somehow you could like somehow you can call a UFO by blasting a huge rocket into the air, like every time it's like, I, f- I figured it out, you know, like I, yeah. I doubt that will happen, but let's go buy all the rockets. <laughs> yes. We're going to all pool together. I'm going to take out a small business loan <laughs> just to see a shiny thing in the sky for one second. It's worth it. Yeah, totally. 
Um, and so I, th- I, I thought those, that was all some pretty interesting takes on kind of where they want the next season to go. kind of progress and kind of how they want to look at their next um, study. And Jim Segala, we mentioned this earlier, he thinks there needs to be medical programs and protocol in place before anyone still, anyone else steps foot on the ranch and they continue their research, which is very, yeah, obviously that there needs to be some stuff in there because I don't think anyone's going in to their research next time with an agnostic view or with a skeptical view or anything. I mean, it's, and, it's not about, you know, seeing if there's actually anything real anymore. They, they know that now. You know what I mean? It's not about proving that there's something going on. It's about figuring out what that is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that's really where we're at. I, I'm God, I'm so excited to see. And I think I caught a Twitter message too, you know, amongst all the, the wrap ups of the show um, that Brandon said that actually as early as next month, they will be out there filming for two. And, and I thought, God, that is awesome. So, Fuck yeah, 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 baby. Um, I remember when we were first doing the show, like episode one, we're like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. It seems all right. Like, and now I'm a full fledged uh, believer in what's going on here. It's been a trip and it's kind of neat because, you know, and I, I hate to sound, you know, like, I guess, romantic about this. But it's almost like they took us on the same road for the people that really it means something to them. We've been up there. We've seen that. We've watched everything. And even something Thomas Winter did, and, and, and not to be a dead horse, again, when we interviewed him, um, you know, Alex, you talked about your thing, and, and we talked about us being up there. And, and he was he kind of sat back, and I remember, he's like, oh, that's that's interesting that you felt yeah, like that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I just there, There's something there. I feel there's something there. Those of you, hopefully, that that are, you know, you might be calling BS on this. Fine for you. Everybody has an opinion. Um, this show has blown my mind because it wraps so many things into an envelope. It's not yeah, strictly yeah. this. It's not strictly this. There's so many different things occurring and happening. And, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I can't wait for season two, but at the same time, I can't wait for us to go up there and, 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 mm-hmm really involve ourselves and now that we have some of that back story i guess in a way um i don't know know. i think that's going to help us going forward as far as you know being more specific about what we're doing oh for sure and you know going back on what you were saying chain is like travis taylor is like this is in the one percent of the unexplainable phenomena yeah absolutely and they have the evidence to prove it yep Yep. So, um, and he also says like, nah, call it high strangeness, like, or high strangeness or whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, Travis Taylor just said high strangeness. Booyah. <laughs> yes. That ass. For us. <laughs> That's funny. That's but funny. yeah, um, I love this show. I can't wait for season two. I'm really actually so sad it's over. Um, I don't think there's a show in history that's captured this kind of evidence on film on cell phones on cameras on you know tri-field meters rf like meters rf meters <laughs> yeah. shout out yeah <laughs> our, yeah shout out our, our new favorite toy that we're gonna right. figure out <laughs> I, I think i've got three and so yeah we i've been kind of bulking up on some of the equipment so when we go out there i i think and you know if nothing else too at the same time 
this gives us, and not that we weren't paying attention, not that we were trying to investigate these things going on, but I think this helps us line up our experiments a little bit more, what we're looking for, how we're looking for it, um, areas, times of day, things like that. And and I'm willing to put the time in. Um, you know, it, it yep. just really is amazing. Um, yeah, it, don't, well, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go ahead and let you guys, we'll do a roundhouse, I guess, if that's cool or. Well, I just basically have one more thing to say, which I thought was really cool. And this just goes to prove the uh, Papa Fugles checkbook is open and willing. He's, he's horny to pay for things is he, he said that they have a responsibility to move forward in a more aggressive fashion. So this first season was a very apparently like, I wouldn't say a blase fair fashion, but like cautious, a cautious fashion. And now well, they're like, that, now they're like, whatever you need, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Like, well, I think that's, that was the whole thing is like, well, is there something worth putting money into here? You know? And I think that's what the first season has been about, but, and now they're ready to really go for it, which is amazing. I can't wait. Yep. I'm horny to see the results of Brandon's being horny to spend. Oh, I'm so <laughs> horny for it. As long as the stupid <laughs> government stays out of their business. Hashtag, right. yeah. Hashtag Brandon's horny to, horny to spend. That's what we got to start going. <laughs> we got to start throwing that out there on the social. Just pop a fugle's horny. <laughs> pop a fugle. <laughs> Big Daddy old fugues. Daddy fugues. Oh, no, I'm funny. really excited to see where they go with this though, because like the things, the experiments they were talking about, especially the whole small satellite platform, like it sounds real interesting and real fun. I'm way down. Yeah, I think it's cool. oh, but they were also wanting to dig like way deeper as well. Yeah. Like in what they want to do later, they want to get in there, and I want them to get rather than this. just rather than just drill. They really want to go for it this time. Mm -hmm. It sounds uh, like he. I thought he said like a deep core sample, not so much like digging a giant hole, but just pressing deeper. Yeah, yeah. because they only went like 15, 20 feet. So they're like ready to get in there. Shane, I'm sorry. Did you realize that within the last 10, 20 seconds, we've had very many sexual innuendos thrown into a small amount of time? Only if your mind's in the gutter. Oh, mine totally is. I'll be the first one to admit it, really. Yeah. So it mine's too. been in the gutter my entire life. <laughs> hey, man, I've been, wanting to, I've been wanting to drill on the ranch for a while now. So <laughs> I want to get deeper into that one way or another. So, <laughs> uh, and then there was one other thing that I just remembered was when uh, Eric, I can't remember if it was Eric or Sagala, was basically asking Sean Reyes, the attorney general, for permission to uh, communicate back or to try and communicate back with the phenomenon. Oh, and yeah. He, he was like, that's on your two shoulders. It's like, why is it on his? Well, no, he, he also basically said, well, when we went to the moon, they came up with protocols in case we did find intelligent life there. So I would say use that. That's funny. Mm -hmm. I, I missed that. I, I must not have caught that. That's funny. That's hilarious. And then uh, in his wish list, Sagala wanted to set up a way to communicate back with the phenomenon that sounded a lot like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which I thought was super awesome. Too funny. No. Too funny. No, I, I think all in all, I am so excited for season two. I'm so excited to see where it goes, uh, what happens. I'm excited for our stuff going on. Um I don't know. Does anybody else have any recaps? I've got a few things on my side for promos and something else I want to mention for our regular uh, podcast, but by all means, if somebody else has something. 
Um, no, I love the show. And also, I just want to give a quick blurb that uh, Josh and I went to the protest yesterday and we marched down four south. And, um, you know, we are white people, but we are here to listen and we are here to be, um, you know, supportive and we back, you know, black lives and any minority and any person that's being persecuted and black lives matter. And yeah, 100%, and we support man. that cause. So I know it's uh, completely off basis of the paranormal and skinwalker, but I just wanted to give a quick blurb that that's where we stand. And if you're not down with I'm, that, I'm, then don't listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> You're not down. Yeah, that's I'm, all I, I'm I'm I got to say. I'm not going to go into a whole thing, but that's where I stand and we stand. So, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I completely agree. Black Lives Matter. We need to support this. But anyway, Bigfoot and shit. <laughs> well, it's funny because I on that realm, I did catch a meme today that uh, some guy uh, twittered that he lost his aunt. Um, she didn't die. She's just a racist. So yeah, yeah, there's that. And I absolutely agree. We've talked about this and Josh will give you a little bit of kudos too. Um, We were over at John's house on Saturday night when here in Salt Lake, for those of you who are not local, we actually had a curfew. Granted, it was not as huge as, yeah, right. Granted, it wasn't as huge as some of the other cities and some of the other horrible, violent things that were happening. I think there's a, there's a difference between protesting and standing up for what you believe in and violence and you really got to weigh those two out we had a curfew at eight i we came back to our house josephine and i my wife and um national guard was yelling at us from the patio saying let's get the fuck in the apartment and um ways to go about things and so you know fuck them yeah i i mean yeah exactly yeah i I I understand the frustration though honestly i I really i I get it there's a line in the sand but yeah. but at the same time, I I can I think we're all here to support that and yeah, Josh and just give me a sec. I, I it's awful that this happens. It's awful that something like this has to occur to drive us down that road to go look. As far as we're concerned, we don't give a shit with your black, green, yellow, or purple. I don't give a fuck if you're an asshole and you're racist and you want to look at skin color. You you're not right in my book. You never will be. Um, I have a black son. I raised my own for 17 years and. Um, I went through that. I've been through that. And, and I, I don't wish on anybody. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a shame. So anyway, Josh, that was my, that was my blurb. If you're going to get involved, listen to the organizers act the way they tell you to act. If they're telling you not to be a fucking dickhead, don't be a dickhead. Don't start shit. You're not there to start shit. You're there to put your white bodies between the police and black bodies. So that's right. Just, use your use your white privilege. That's 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 our role as as white people at this point, and mm-hmm. the, you know the violence and stuff. I, even, although I kind of understand it, it's only hurting the cause. So yep, absolutely. So anyway, um, yeah, awful thing that happened. But uh, Bigfoot, uh, Skinwalkers, everything else. Some promos again. We have Patreon. If you guys want to become a Patreon, you can Patreon.com uh, as Strange Uncles, and then also you know call in our hotline eight zero one two five two sixty nine. <laughs> Woo! 45 and we do have again one more of these that we're going to put out that i think is a little bit a little bit more personable and we'll wrap this season up before we get ready for what season two looks like 
Um, for our regular show, I will say that uh, I did reach out to Tom Winterden, and he has, aside from Skinwalker and his role as a superintendent, but he has kind of a something he does with his wife on the side, and, and we're trying to have him on the regular podcast, which we do re- weekly, on bringing that on and discussing that because he he's just very down-to-earth great interesting person um we're trying to get that lined up and, and hopefully that works so you know you'll see more of of tom winterden but just in a different form and and i think that'll be really cool to have on um does anybody else have anything for promos uh yeah follow me and larry and john on cold research team on instagram uh for past research trips and upcoming research trips and i was gonna say Shane, I'm so glad you have that hookup this year because I'm afraid that it's going to be crawling with people when we go back. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got to reach out to that guy and make sure that's founded, but I'm pretty sure we got it. So, yeah, yeah cool. we're going to have to start keeping our favorite places up there super top secret. Secret. Yeah. Sure. I know. I blew it and told, uh, told one of our listeners he hit me up and he's like, Where's a good place to stay? And I'm like, Oh, stay there. No one's ever there. You blew it. What are you uh, doing? Now they're there. <laughs> hey, I mean, John. He's a good guy. He, he you know, <laughs> that's cool. He can go up there. Cool. Only am though. That's okay. the only person. <laughs> Briscoe, if you're listening, you're the only one. <laughs> you, you motherfucker. Yeah. Are we good? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are we ever? Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'd never yeah. actually, um, standby guys. I, first of all, thanks for riding this ride with us because there's been some bonus stuff that we've loved to get together and do weekly on top of everything else we do. And hopefully you guys got something, uh, from it and thank you for the YouTube descriptions and just thank you for being you and being weird. Yeah, like thanks. Us. Yeah. Go ahead, Sorry Larry. to interrupt, but yeah, thanks Larry and Al for hopping on and doing with this I, with us every week. And, you know, you're- I, I was just going to say on, on behalf of, of me and Al, uh, we really appreciate it. We love doing this and hopefully we we'll do. be back for season two. We appreciate it, mean, it. it means more than you guys know. Trust me. <laughs> well, thanks for being here with us and we'll definitely have you back for season two. Alex, you had me a blow job. That's awesome. Woo! Thank you, sir. Woo! Titties. <laughs> anyway, Titty time. Cheers, everybody. Yeah been listening to a fourth hand production.